Hi everyone, welcome to a special bonus episode of Pink Shade with Erin Martin. I am coming to you today right after Christmas, so Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate that holiday. We did here and we had a great time, drama free, except for a little bit of haunting, which we usually experience this time of year. And that is why I am going to be exploring the world of the supernatural today. I promised in my first episode that I would touch on the supernatural, and before you write me off as completely insane, which I probably am a touch, I want to tell you the story of what our family has gone through for the past five years, and specifically how my daughter has essentially become besties with what I think is truly a spirit. Rose, the family ghost. You're going to meet her today and learn all about how she came into our lives, what she's up to now. Spoiler alert, she's not around too much anymore. And I'm also going to explore the reasons why children are more apt to claim communication with the spirit world, or at least think they've seen a ghost. And I want to hear your stories too, because I know that there are a lot of moms and dads out there who have heard this kind of shit from their kids. I cannot be the only one. I mean, I go online to research this, and P.S., it's a scary world out there when you start to research little kid ghosts. Whoa! Be careful. But there are so many stories that match up or are parallel to what we've been through. It's kind of shocking when you first dive into this world. Anyway, let's go ahead and start our path down the winding road of who Rose is, how she came into our lives, and what this is all about. So I'll just start at the beginning, you guys. My kid sees dead people. Uh, Well, let's clarify that. A dead person, to be exact. Who she calls Rose. It's a spirit of a little girl who has been part of our family, or should I say haunting my family, for the past five years. My daughter Skylar is seven and a half years old right now. She's in second grade, and she first started talking about Rose, hot and heavy, when she was just over two years old. So I want to say a few months over two years old. She was just starting to speak, and she was babbling, you know, right before two, and you know how they do around that age, especially girls. They're, they're not quite in full sentences yet, but they can talk. You know, they can they can say what they mean. And I would notice that my daughter, Skylar, at the time would be talking to what I considered an imaginary friend, which is super, super common for kids that age as well and even older. She would be having conversations with her. She would, of course, they're one-sided to my ears. She would sometimes be arguing with her. She would be sharing things with her or not sharing. I mean, it was a full-blown type of chatter in my household. At the time, I was working, and I was home with her after school. I was teaching, and I was home with her on the weekends, and my husband was around too, but I was really with Skylar more so one-on-one than anyone else. And I noticed this phenomenon of her just mentioning Rose to me a lot by name 
and telling me Rose wants this, Rose wants that, Rose says this, Rose says that. So of course, I'm all about the imagination. I thought, great, you know, she's an only child. She has a little friend in her head. She has someone to play with and leave me alone every once in a while. Can I get a witness, moms? And so it was all cool to me. The weird thing about Rose, though, is this. She wasn't necessarily only there when Skylar wanted her. That started to clue me in that this might be something a little bit different than an imaginary friend. Typically, imaginary friends are at the whim of the imaginer. Is that a word, the imaginer? Yeah, it is, right? So anyway, the kid can conjure up their imaginary friend and make their imaginary friend go away when they are done with that friend. But this wasn't the case for Skylar. Rose was around during times that Skylar didn't want her there, according to what my daughter was telling me. Rose, like I mentioned before, was getting into some arguments with Skylar. I would hear Skylar telling her, no, leave me alone. I don't want to do that right now. Needless to say, this started freaking me out just a touch. I started talking to my husband about whether this was a spirit because I couldn't get my head around why Skylar, being so young, would have an imaginary friend who wasn't doing what she wanted it to do. And I thought maybe this is something bigger. Also, I will just confess to you, I was a spooky little kid too, and I was often freaked out by the many different houses we lived in through the years. I was so convinced one house that we lived in was haunted when I was in high school. Yes, I was 16 years old that I would not sleep in my bedroom for weeks. It was an attic bedroom just to defend myself. Doors would open and close while I was sleeping. Not cool parents. They couldn't help it. But anyway, I still to this day go into bathrooms and open the shower curtain. I don't know. Maybe I've seen too many scary movies, but I am I got behind the idea that this could be something more than an imaginary friend pretty quickly. I more quickly than my husband. Although I'm going to give him credit because as time went on, he became very open to this too. And he's not typically someone who's open to any of this. Here's what happened. This was a year, to give this context, where I was actually facing kind of a prolonged, vague illness. Think Yolanda Foster, last season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. No, I did not have Lyme disease, but yes, I was in a robe a lot, and I couldn't figure out what was going on with my immune system. Basically, I'm all good now. It was nothing super serious, and I'm I'm 100% these days. Well maybe 99%. But I was sick a lot. I mean, a lot. And it was really, it was really not allowing me to be able to cope with work and motherhood and all of the things you need to do. You guys get it, right? You need to do a thousand things on your million different shifts that you do as a woman. And you men out there, you get it too. But anyway, this, this was a hard, hard year when Skyler was two to three years old. And that's when Rose came into our lives. I think that's interesting because it really occupied Skylar's time in a way that when I look back on it now was maybe a gift. And 
it gave her something to focus on rather than needing me at the level that a that age of a child really needs you on a minute to minute basis. Of course, she still needed me and I could do most things still. There was also an interesting aspect to this, and that is the name of the spirit that Skylar came up with immediately. And she would call her by name and still does to this day right away. And I wondered about this name. It's an it's an older name. It's a beautiful name, Rose. I have an aunt named this. I have older friends named this, but she didn't know any roses in her daycare. She hadn't met a friend named Rose or a mom named Rose, and there weren't any roses I could think of on cartoons she watched. Oh God, these were the nightmare days of Caillou and Dora the Explorer. Ugh. Anyway, I couldn't figure out where this rose came from, this this name. And I thought about my mother-in-law who had passed away before Skylar was born. She actually passed away before I even married my husband, but I did have the chance to know her for a year and a half before she died, before we got married. And she was a wonderful, lovely, sweet woman. She was also an only child, as is my daughter, as am I. And she had dark hair and bright blue eyes and was super kind and loving and generous and was one of those women who just naturally makes you feel at home wherever you are. And she loved children. And I'd always wished that when our baby was born that she could meet her grandmother. We buried her with pink roses during our wedding My husband and all the groomsmen wore pink roses in their lapels. I carried pink roses in my bouquet, and all of the women carried small bouquets of pink roses. We also have a pink rose on our Christmas tree as an ornament we hang in memory of her every year because we identify pink roses with my late mother-in-law. It was her favorite. She was so sweet. And like I said, just a kind and loving person. And everyone in the family just associates roses with her. So thinking about this, I started talking to my sister-in-law, my brother's sister, who obviously this was her mother as well. She was very close to her mother and she was very she's very open to talking about spirits and and really feels like her mother has been around her since she's been gone. I've never felt that way, but I wanted to talk to her about this rose girl who was all up in our business all of the time. And I'll just put a pin in that for a moment and give you some examples about how Rose was truly up in our business. I had to set the table for Rose. I would sit on Rose by accident sometimes, according to Skylar. I mean, she would yell at me, don't sit there. Rose is sitting there. Or she would say, Rose wants that block, or Rose won't give this back. Or can you tell Rose this, that, or the other? I just played along with this. I was reading the internet like it was my job at this point. And <laughs> funny enough, it is my job now, reading about reality TV, however. But I was like, what do I do? Do I act like this is normal? Do I play along? All 
suggestions out there pointed to that. You know, parents would weigh in, experts weigh in on different articles you read and say, if it's imaginary friend or if it is indeed something else, just play along. Just, you know, never make your kid feel like they're weird for thinking this, for saying this stuff. Well, the levels that we had to play along went deep. I mean, Rose was in the car with us. Rose was making my daughter sleep on the floor of her bedroom in both the first house we lived in and our current house, which we moved to. And Rose moved with us, you guys. Oh, yeah. When we looked at houses, in fact, Skylar was always very concerned about whether Rose would be coming with us. Was she going to stay in the old house? Would there be room for her? And indeed, when we did move, Rose was with us, but she has really been more in the background since we've moved to the new home. Neither of these homes are old houses, by the way. They are maybe, one was 25 years old, the one we live in now is 15 years old. These aren't old haunted houses or what you picture as a haunted mansion or something on TV. But the, the housing situation was of paramount importance in Skylar's mind. And this was through the years, not just when she was two to three. But I'll backtrack now and talk about what my sister-in-law said when I presented these issues to her, or as they just became regular life. I told her about Rose and how we were making accommodations for her, how Skyler would talk about her, etc. And my sister-in-law mentioned the fact that she 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 does um, therapy, not their talk therapy. She does physical therapy. And one of her clients actually had a daughter at the time who was, I want to say about 15 years old-ish, who had been writing in her notebook all about our family. And my husband's name was in there. Um, there were details that she could not have known. I mean, we were several degrees separated from this young girl. We had no idea who she was. And this mother told my sister-in-law that she really believed her daughter had a gift. And I'll call this daughter Haley. Haley had a gift. She wasn't sure what to do with it, but she was, she was seeing a lot of things and she knew a lot of things. And she in her mother's mind, was really connected to the other side. But she was young enough that she wasn't sure where this was taking her, and it also frightened her a bit. And I've done a lot of reading, as, as you guys probably have too if you're interested in this topic, where younger mediums or psychics or people who really believe they do have a connection to the other side aren't often thrilled by that gift early on. It really takes some maturity and some acceptance for them to come into their own, as it were. Well, this was true for Haley. And her mother really didn't ask her a lot of questions, but she did read these notebooks, which had a lot of detail in them about different things she was seeing and different people she was connecting with. Now, the interesting part is that my sister-in-law and Haley and her mother live in a completely different city than us. They live, at the time, they lived about an hour and a half away in the same state, but again, we have no idea who they are. And my sister-in-law, once she heard the story of Rose and how Rose was with Skylar all of the time, and then my ideas about, you know, her mother, her late mother, maybe having some connection and 
possibly even coming into our house to be with my daughter during this time when I was just really depleted physically and mentally and emotionally. We just kind of swirled around in our heads about what could this mean. And it was, it was fun exploring this, but my sister-in-law took it one step further and I'm glad she did. She actually gave her client a picture of my daughter, a picture of Skylar with nobody else in the photo and asked her to take it to Haley, her daughter at home, and just see what she had to say, if she had to say anything at all. No questions, no leading backstory, nothing. So this woman does this. She takes the picture to her daughter Haley, the one who's having these gift experiences, these psychic or medium-like experiences. And she shows it to her, and she, she just says simply, do you know who this is, or can you tell me anything about this picture? And Haley says, yeah, that's Skylar. Whoo! Okay. So her mother then follows up with, does she have anybody with her, or can you tell me anything about her that you can see that we can't? And Haley says, do you mean Rose? Yeah, she's with her. And I, when I heard this story, had chills, head to toe, head to toe. I could not believe that this girl who is, we're not paying for her services, who we don't even know from Adam and who doesn't know us or our daughter, got both my daughter's name right and said as if it was the most normal fact in the world that everyone and their brother knew. Yeah, Rose, like everybody knows Rose's with Skylar. So those two pieces of information were more than interesting to us when my sister-in-law brought them back. Haley's mother did follow up with a final question, and I'm glad she did because it has given me peace of mind to this day. She asked Haley, can you tell us if this is a good thing or a bad thing? And Haley said, I don't know who Rose is, and I don't know what her connection is to this little girl, but I can tell you that it's a good thing. That, whether it's true or not, or whether any of this Rose business is true or not, has given me good sleep at night. Because let me tell you, things escalated with Rose back on the home front. We did make that move when Skylar was... I want to say about four years old, just turning four, we moved to a new house. I was feeling better. I That whole immune system, whatever was going on with me that year, all got better, cleared up. I was strong. I was healthy. Our family was doing just fine. Work and home life were just regular. You know how it goes. Nothing to report there, folks. The Rose stuff had become part of our lives. We talked about her if Skylar did. We heard her you know, talking to her in more limited ways as she entered 4K, which was interesting. And, and maybe it was because she was just busier and more tired and had more going on in her life. I had her enrolled in more activities outside the home. You know, I think sometimes kids just grow out of that deep connection too. But for whatever reason, she became a little bit more of a background character, but still there. Some freakier things started happening, though. She was four. We were in our new house. Skylar was sleeping on her floor a lot because Rose was not comfortable in the new bedroom. Now, this went on for months. 
we finally got Skylar back in her bed after not a series of threats, but just talking to her about, you know, the fact that she couldn't sleep on the floor forever and she might want to consider getting back in that bed at some point in her life, whether Rose liked it or not. We weren't too concerned. She was getting sleep at night. It, it was what it was. But when Skylar was between, I want to say, four and five, there was one instance where I, again, got the chills. And this time it wasn't in a profound or a, you know, lightly spooky way. I felt like the shit got real. I was drying Skylar off for a bath one night. And again, between four and five years old, I think she was at this point. And she looked over my shoulder as I was bending over her, kind of tousling off her hair. And she looked right past me and said, Rose, stop it. Cut it out. I want to tell you in that moment, I just needed my daughter to comfort me because I looked straight at her and I said, is Rose doing something to me? And Skylar said, no, but she was about to. Okay, you guys, what the fuck? I tried to clarify as much as I could with my voice shaking and the towel still in hand. And I asked Skylar, was she going to do something bad to me? And she said quickly, no, no, no. She was just making faces and she was going to tickle you. This was interesting to me because just like every other time when I would ask for just small clarifications or I'd follow up about any kind of Rose interaction, Skylar had answers immediately. Here is a real marker of where the imaginary friend differs from what I would call a spirit or a ghost in a child's life. And I want to read you a little bit about this because I think it's interesting to see how these can differentiate. And doesn't necessarily mean it's true or not, but I just saw that Skyder was a little bit too ready with the specifics whenever I needed them, in a way that if you're imagining something, you'd have to come up with. You guys know what I mean by that? It's like she wasn't having to think about her version of events. They were just the events as she was reporting them. It was like Skylar first on the ground reporting live. Oh my God. There's an article out there called Kids Who See Ghosts, a medium's perspective. And it's by a guy named Blair Robertson, who it calls himself a psychic medium. Who knows? I don't know anything about this guy's deal, but I really did like this article because he broke things down very simply. And he really talked about these differences that I'm, that I'm, kind of exploring here. Imaginary friend versus ghost or spirit or dead relative, whatever it might be. So he writes, and I'm going to quote for a bit here. Can kids see ghosts? He says, first, I'd like to change the wording. Ghosts conjure up images of good and evil. Movies like Poltergeist and the terrifying scene in Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark don't do much to help with that. I prefer the term spirit. So can children sense spirits? The answer is yes, and here is why. Young children don't have the limitations of life and belief systems installed fully. They haven't been taught that ghosts don't exist, that limitation isn't there for them. Our deceased loved ones are most certainly watching over us, and I'm absolutely convinced beyond a doubt that they exploit this opening to visit young children in particular. After all, young children are new life, and it brings joy to spirits when they are embarking on a life journey. 
Who are these spirits? He writes. The spirits will most often be deceased relatives, and much of the time they will be grandparents coming through, although not always. He tells a story about when his daughter was young, how she described both his mother and his father to an absolute T. Not descriptions of their dress, but descriptions that she couldn't have naturally known, like mannerisms and behaviors. Can they be frightening, he writes. The short answer is yes, although they don't mean to scare or frighten, at least not intentionally. If you have a child that is frightened, you can calm them by letting him or her know that they are friendly and they have the power to tell them to stop doing what frightens them. Now, this was interesting to me. I'm going to stop quoting him for a moment because I found that Skyler, when she was very young, couldn't really control Rose coming in and out of her world. But now that she is seven and a half, she has much more control of this. And I'll get to this by the end of the podcast, how Skylar actually tells me when she, she told Rose to go away or she tells her to come back. So she does seem to have more control about this. And it could be because she herself became a little bit frightened too. Can we banish the spirits? Blair writes, absolutely. But that would be very sad, he says, as their intent is only love and encouragement. Now here's the really interesting part to me. He writes about how can I tell the difference between spirits and imaginary friends? Quote, most kids have imaginary friends, particularly under five years old. I'm not a psychologist, but I did speak to one who informed me that imaginary friends at that age is completely normal and to be expected. So what's the difference? Well, imaginary friends tend to be flexible to a situation. When you ask your child about details, they'll often pause as they create answers. Frankly, it's quite adorable at times and fun to experience. He continues that a spirit like a real person won't be flexible and the answers will be quite forthcoming and immediate. They'll often, the children, will often be able to describe the ghost with terrific accuracy and details without hesitation, as in the man was standing there and was wearing X, Y, or Z. Now I'll go back to Rose because Skylar can definitely describe Rose. She tells me she has dark hair, she has blue eyes, she likes to wear her hair in braids, and she's always been about the same age as her, which I find interesting. She's never been an older lady, she's never been a vision, she's just been a girl to her. She also told me Rose really likes to wear dresses and that Rose is fun and funny and she likes to tease. She has never been scared of Rose outright, never screaming, oh my, you know, get Rose away from me. I hate Rose. None of that dramatics. But like I said before, she has kind of backed away from her a bit as she's aged. And I think this has something to do with what this medium Blair wrote about, you know, the, the fact that you can you can distance yourself from a spirit if you're frightened. I think maybe some of that, not terror, but some of that, mm, maybe just not being cool with Rose anymore all the time in her face, set in for Skylar around five, six, and especially seven years old. I interviewed my daughter this morning. When I say interviewed, I mean we laid in bed and talked about Christmas, and then I kind of gently glided into the conversation about Rose 
because I really wanted to know what has been going on with Rose lately. Two Christmases ago and last Christmas, as soon as we decorated our Christmas tree and hung that rose ornament up, my daughter came leaping down the stairs and said, Rose is back! Rose is back! So I thought, hmm, maybe we get a ghost for Christmas. Maybe Rose is only around during the holidays now. Maybe Rose just wants to be here for the big show. I don't know, but I just accepted it. This Christmas, I heard nothing about Rose. So that's why I wanted to talk to Skylar this morning about, hey, where's she been? Where's she at, girl? Skylar told me that Rose isn't really into hanging out anymore, but she'll come back if she wants her to. So I followed up by asking, well, do you want her to? You know, are you cool with her? And she said, eh, you know, yeah, she would be, but she has other things to do and she has her bestie at school now and, you know, she doesn't really play with Rose anymore. And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, but do you think that Rose likes coming here or did something happen? You know, I was just kind of leading her with these questions I realize now, not such a good interview technique with a seven-year-old. But Skylar did answer that nothing bad had happened, that they just sort of, in her own words, I guess, grew apart, didn't have much to say to each other. So we just kind of chatted about it, blah, blah, blah. We talked about other things. And I came down the stairs and I just casually mentioned to my husband, hey, guess who we were talking about? Rose. And as Skylar and I rounded the corner into the kitchen, we have an open floor plan so we can see the Christmas tree in the living room, my husband sitting in the kitchen, an ornament from the very top of the tree flew off the tree. This happened today, December 2017, not five years ago, and I was convinced at that moment that it was connected to Rose. Maybe I'm crazy, you guys. Maybe I am reading into things way too much, but it just felt right. It felt like an acknowledgement that, yep, I'm here, homies. I'm back. I won't be hanging out long, but I want you to know I'm real. And when you talk about me, here's proof. That's what I have for you guys. Rose, we love her. We've been scared of her. We accept her. I have a feeling she does have some kind of connection to our family. Whether it's a connection to my daughter's late grandmother or not, we'll never know. Maybe we will know someday. Maybe we'll know it in our hearts. Maybe something will happen to prove it in air quotes to us. But I am comforted by the words spoken by that young girl. Again, knowing nothing about her, nothing about whether she has a get the gift of sight or not. But when she said, it's a good thing, and she seemed so casually to just accept Skylar's connection to this other girl then I just have to accept it myself. That's where I'm at with it. It makes me sound like a lunatic when I talk about this sometimes, though. So I'm really putting myself out there, I guess, throwing all this information at you, which is from no other sources than my home and someone I don't even know cities away. But when I tell you that this stuff 
has been a constant in our lives. It truly has. It is not a one-time wonder. It is not from a movie my daughter watched and got freaked out. It's normal. It feels natural. And I kind of hope Rose sticks around forever. Maybe I will eat my words if I do another podcast next Christmas and I'm screaming in terror that Rose has become more of a poltergeist in our house, then I might have a different point of view. But for right now, I'm okay getting a ghost for Christmas. I'm okay getting a ghost for Easter. I'd be okay getting a ghost, you know, just just popping in now and then, I guess, as long as it's Rose, as long as she's cool, and as long as she never pulls that shit again where she's trying to tickle me behind my back and my daughter freaks me the hell out because Rose, not cool. Don't be pulling that shit one more time, girl. Until next time, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. I'd love to hear your stories. If you have any, join my Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook group. We have so much fun over there dishing about reality TV, some cult stuff. And now let's add on the supernatural. Whether you're a believer or not, I'd love to hear all of the stuff you guys have experienced or maybe your kids have experienced. I just find this stuff fascinating. Follow me at Erin Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram and check out my reality TV recaps on realitytea.com. And I will be back on the Jenny McCarthy show probably sometime after January 8th doing our Real Housewives Roundup every week. Until next time, I will see you in reality.